This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. along with you this weekend we're back at progressive field in downtown cleveland after last week's show came to you from tribe fest down at the cleveland convention center i want to thank nick camino for hosting the show last week what a great time hopefully you had a chance to get down to tribe fest last weekend and and enjoy all the activities at a great venue on saturday more than eleven thousand fans turned out on saturday and I uh, had a great time interacting with a lot of the Indians players who were in town for the event. Now we're back at it this week, and coming up on our show, visits with two of the pitchers who were in town for Tribe Fest last weekend. Lefty reliever Tyler Olson, who's coming off a remarkable breakthrough major league season, and flamethrower Danny Salazar, who discusses not only his own challenges to stay healthy, but also an Indians team that has a different feel to it heading into this season as compared to a year ago um, I mean it is it is you know I know I know how good we are I know what we can do you know people know what we can do you know but um, two great teams who went went to their worst series last year you know they got a they gave a, a great series too so they're gonna talk more about that you know than us and uh, but that's good that's good you know those interviews will come your way later in this week's show, along with some transaction news for the Indians. But when we come back, we will have full coverage of a very special week in the life of Jim Tomey, now officially headed to Cooperstown and Baseball's Hall of Fame. So stay tuned. It's all coming your way shortly as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, what a week it was for Indians home run king Jim Tomey. Shortly after 6 o'clock Wednesday evening, surrounded by friends and family at his home in suburban Chicago, he received the call that he's been waiting for. Jim, this is Jack O'Connell with the Baseball Writers Association in New York. I'm calling to let you know that the baseball writers have elected you to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. I I don't know what to say. This is just an honor, and 
it's uh, it's just so special. You don't you have no idea what this means, and I am so grateful and thank you so much for the call. It uh, it's everybody's dream to uh, to play baseball, but to get a call like this today is is just incredible. Thank you so much. And there it was with 89% of the required 75% of the vote, Jim Tomey, eighth on the all-time home run list with 612, 337 in a Tribe uniform over parts of 13 seasons with the Indians. He is headed to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Longtime Indians PR man Bart Swain was at the Tomey home on Wednesday night for the announcement and afterwards had a chance to sit down with one of the great links to the Indians' glory years of the 90s and talk about the call and what it means for Jim Tomey to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm a loss of words, honestly. I think it's every kid's dream. It's every kid's dream to play in the major leagues, but uh, you never imagine a call like that. When, when Jack O'Connell, when he said his name, and I knew it was from New York, this emotion and this, I guess, vibe just was like no other. It, it, Bart, I, I've got to be honest, it's one of the most special things a player could ever receive is the call from the Hall of Fame. And uh, as I said before, I mean, you don't do it alone. There's so many teammates. There's so many uh, players from from the organization to all the coaches, all the instructors, everybody that's played such a big part in this. I, I just you don't do it alone. That's all I can say. And I'm so honored and 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 I've, I've said it a lot. Blessed to be put in this situation. It, it, it's just incredible. It's it, words can't describe what a guy feels when the Hall of Fame calls you and says you're first ballot Hall of Fame. It's it's just so special. 1989, Tom Cousin. Yeah. 13th round pick. Just talk about the road from here to there. You know, it, it's been long. It's been long. It's been now looking back as I'm retired and you, you reflect on your career, It's it went very quick. I, I think I had a conversation with Eddie Murray a long time ago, and he said, enjoy every minute. If you're blessed and you're fortunate to play a long time, you'll look back and you'll seem – the, the years will seem long. The, 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 the time will be very short. And, and looking back, I just am so lucky, fortunate uh, that I've, again, I've, I've had the opportunity to play in the major leagues for 22 years with great players, uh, great organizations that cared about baseball and truly wanted the best for their guys. And I, I think I reap the rewards of all of those organizations that really, you know, that really cared about their players. Talk about those 90s Indians teams. Just... It's uh, incredible. I've got to say, I mean, to be a part of it, 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 as it was going on, I think the thing that drove us the most is as it was flowing, we wanted to get better every day. And we all pushed each other. Uh, I was... I was in a situation where I had so many great players around me that you can either go one way or the other. And you knew back in the day in Buffalo, we had guys that were waiting to come to the big leagues. So for us, it was like, okay, you got to master your craft. You got to work hard. 
and you got to be ready to go every day. And I think Cleveland has continued. The Indians have set the bar very high, even today, how their front office, how their organization has always had that to, to be in the organization, that peak level you have to be at to be a Cleveland Indian. You touched on uh, some guys with the Indians. Just talk about Omar. Fell just shy. Yeah. But uh, just talk about him as a player. I love Omar. I think Omar was one of the smartest players. We had many of them. He stood out for me above, I think, everybody else because he could do so many things. Him and Kenny Lofton, uh, very similar. But I think what Omar brought, he brought smart, smart player, great defensive player, and made himself into a tremendous hitter. Uh, but the little things that he brought to the clubhouse, his flair, his charisma, what more, like even more than what he did on the field, how he electrified our clubhouse every day. He's going to go in, no doubt. He's a Hall of Famer, and I think everyone knows that. And, you know, how can you not root for a guy like Omar that, that has played as long as he has, and also has put the numbers up that he that he did. You didn't play in Chicago nearly the number of years you did in Cleveland, but you left a mark here in playing at home. Just talk about that. Well, during the time that I left Philadelphia, for me, returning to Chicago was special because of mom's passing. Uh, getting an opportunity to come here and see what it did to our family and how we were able to heal from mom's death. And then being obviously a fan, I was I was a Cub fan growing up, but to come home and have that three, four years to play in Chicago in a great city. I mean, I think everyone across baseball uh, will say that, that Chicago is one of the best baseball cities there is as a visitor. So I got a chance to come and be a part of that. And it's a great organization. I work for them now. Mr. Reinsdorf, I love Jerry. Uh, He's been a father figure to me, so I really, I really have been very blessed and, and fortunate to be around him and in this second phase of my career, I call it. Uh, you've hit 612 and 17 in the postseason. Were there three or four that come to mind? I remember one in old Cleveland Stadium. I got called up. I think it's mom and dad were on deck, and the, and the significance of it was it was off Craig Lefferts in the old ballpark. I, I do believe it's been a long time ago. And crossing home plate and looking at mom and dad, they had seats right up front. That, that, was, that was special because the excitement in their face, it, 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 it came across. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the walk-off 500 was great to see your teammates standing there waiting for you, you know. And then, I mean, how do you – I mean, 600. 600 was great. It was in Detroit. What I do remember is the fans, you know, the standing ovation from a visiting crowd was very special. And it, it happened so quick. When I hit 599, it was off Porcello. Uh, I remember getting the ball. I hit it in the bullpen, got the baseball, put it in my locker, and I looked up, and as a DH, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost hitting again. So I ran down. I was like three or four hitters away from hitting again, and Daniel Schlereth came in the game, and I hit number 600. So it was a, it was a very quick, you know, 599 to 600, but so special. And, 
I mean, the list could go on. There's so many. The postseason, getting getting the White Sox into the playoffs in the blackout game, that was incredible. Everyone in the crowd wore black. Uh, they were waving black towels. They wore black shirts. That was a special night as well. And uh-huh. and I can't forget, I have to say, I can't forget Harry Callis' 400 in Philadelphia against the Reds. That call sticks out for me because of what he meant to me when I first went there. He used to, we used to sit together by each other on the bus going to the airport. And I think everyone knows how legendary Harry was. So that was very special as well. Who were some, I know your parents, but who were some people you thought of when you got that call? You know, you know, Bart, honestly, obviously family, you know, Landon, Lila, uh, Andrea, but my dad, you know, I think the dad, my dad, being a father now, and I think that support system that my father showed me, I mean, think about it. My dad has been blessed to see my first game. He got to see my last game. And now he's going to get, you know, he's going to get to go to Cooperstown and watch his son as a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't, to me, that's as special as it gets. And I, look, my dad is a, he's a, he's a baseball purist, loves old time baseball. He, He's the guy that taught me the game and how to respect the game and, uh, you know, to play it hard. And and the other guy I have to say, too, my other father, Charlie Manuel. You know, Charlie, I wouldn't be here without Charlie. So there's just been so many. The list goes on and on, and it, it goes all the way back to rookie ball in Cleveland, to all of the managers that I had, the Johnny Gorals. Mark Shapiro, John Hart, Dan O'Dowd. I mean, the, we could sit here and talk forever about the guys, but that, the, all of those stand out for me, and I want them to know how special this means, but they have been a big part of it. Well, I'll bet many of those that he just thanked will at least try to be on hand in Cooperstown in July for what should be a tremendous weekend. What a class going in with Tommy. Atlanta Braves third baseman and uh, really one of the great players of his era, Chipper Jones. Vladimir Guerrero, was there ever a better bad ball hitter than Guerrero, who uh, is that kind of remaining link to the Montreal Expos, even though he played for others later in his career. Certainly a great Montreal Expo at the tail end of that franchise's history. And the outstanding closer, Trevor Hoffman, will go in as well. So what a class of four that will be honored in Cooperstown on July the 27th. And how rare is it for an Indians player to head into the Hall of Fame and not just someone who played a portion of their career with the Indians, but someone who will go in as a Cleveland Indian. You have to go back to 1976, Bob Lemon, the great pitcher for some outstanding Indians teams in the 50s. Well, that's the last time that someone went in as a Cleveland Indian, and uh, Jim Tomey will this summer. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, too, is Tomey. And the last time that happened for a Cleveland Indian, Bob Feller back in 1962. And just a frame of reference, there have been others who have gone in, but just not wearing the tribe uniform. Most recently, Robbie Alomar and Burt Blylevin, who both went in 
in 2011, but representing other teams that they played for in their career. So, well, a great week, certainly, historically, and uh, boy, that should be some weekend in Cooperstown in July. Well, stay with us as we continue here on Tribe Talk. We'll come back and visit with Indians relief pitcher Tyler Olson, who had some kind of breakthrough year in the big leagues a year ago, looking to be a key part of the Indians' pen in 2018. That's coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. One out, one on, third inning. Twins four, Indians two. The next delivery... Swung on, hit high, and deep to center. Revere on the run, looking up. It is gone! Can you believe it? A Hollywood script for Jim Tomey. Number 604, a bomb to dead center. We are tied at four. The pitch, low ball one. One more home run, and Jim Tomey will wipe Albert's name from the record book and become the single-season home run leader. 1-0 pitch. Fouled off the other way. He had a healthy rip, and it's 1-1. Not the kind of night conducive for home runs here at Jacobs Field. The wind is blowing straight in from center field. 1-1 pitch. Tomey hits one high and deep. Beltran back. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we are getting closer and closer to not only spring training, but baseball on the radio once again. Our first spring training broadcast comes your way now in less than a month. February the 23rd, the Indians will take on the Cincinnati Reds at Goodyear Ballpark. And we'll have all the coverage for you beginning at 3 o'clock Eastern time. That's a Friday afternoon. February the 23rd. Well, what a year last year for Indians relief pitcher Tyler Olson. The left-hander was called up from Columbus midway through the season, and he became invaluable as a situational lefty out of the pen, especially when all-star Andrew Miller began to battle some knee injury problems, and uh, that put him on the disabled list for a while. When it was all said and done, Tyler Olson appeared in 30 games and did not allow a run. That was on the heels of a 2016 season that saw him designated for assignment three different times, and he played for three different organizations that year. But most of the time, it was spent in the minor leagues. So for a young man who had battled in the minor leagues for a little while after pitching his college ball at Gonzaga, 
it was clearly a breakthrough season for him and a tremendous major league time and now figures to be a, a big key for the Indians in their pen this season. And when we caught up with him at Tribe Fest, he said that last year's success has not changed how he's preparing for this season. It's it's definitely nice to, to have, you know, there be a little bit of comfort, but, you know, I never really go into a situation like that and take things for granted. Um, it's nice knowing the guys coming in. Um, so just kind of build off of last year and hopefully keep things rolling. You mentioned build off of last year. You can't do any better. It's statistically impossible. Uh, you had a remarkable year, 30 games, no runs allowed. Uh, at what point did, did you start to think about, man, this is, is quite a stretch I have going here? You know, I tried not to think about it. I mean, I, I think every time I went out last year is just go out and do my job and do whatever I can do to help, you know, our team win. You know, that's that's the biggest thing that I try and do wherever I go is just how can I fit in and, and do what I can to, you know, have our team be successful. So. Anything in particular that, that you think led to, to a real breakthrough that allowed you to, to stick up here for the first time? Uh, that all goes to Tito. I mean, his, his usage of me and getting me comfortable and putting me in situations to be successful. Um, and then just, I mean, our bullpen was incredible. I mean, I didn't go out there every time and do my job. I mean, I left runners on just like everyone else. And, you know, our, our bullpen last year was unreal. So kind of having that, you know, help me and to learn from it and watch Miller and watch everyone else and grow off of that and really just sit back and learn. That, that really helped out a lot. Tyler Olson joining us, a key cog for the Indians, especially in the second half out of that bullpen. And and you mentioned the, the bullpen helping you. There'll be some changes this year. Mm-hmm. Brian Shaw's gone. Joe Smith uh, also signed with another team. Uh, how do you look at, at the pen heading into spring training with the knowledge that, that there still could be some changes? I think we, we know what we need to do. I mean, there, there's definitely some pieces we need to fill, but, I mean, we still had situations last year where guys had to step into roles when those guys needed a day. You know, of rest because, I mean, Shaw, I think 75 appearances where he's done that four years in a row. I mean, he, he needs some days off. So we had, you know, McAllister come in and myself and Goody. I mean, we, we got some good pieces, and I think we'll be okay. 75 appearances. You made 30 appearances, and you mentioned after the season you needed a little more rest. Yeah. When you look at that, it, you sometimes scratch your head. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, but it, it definitely goes to, you know, arm care and taking care of yourself and, you know, communicating with, with Tito and, Last year, Mickey, I mean, just telling them, hey, like, I feel good or, hey, I need a day. And, you know, they, they take that into account when, you know, they make decisions. And I think they do an awesome job. So what do you do to, to get that arm to bounce back and then be ready for the following season where, where you live back in, in the West Coast? Definitely, uh, you know, some rest was needed. But, uh, you know, I took my rest and then get right back into it and, you know, do my arm care and throwing program and, you know, take each day as – you know, I'm doing this to prolong my season. So, And you get to do that uh, right near Gonzaga. Yeah. And uh, for folks here, obviously, it's been a brutal winter. Uh, there's no throwing outside. And, and I know the weather comes into play for you. Uh, how do you set things up, and, and who do you work with to, to try and make sure you're ready to go? Uh, my facility's, you know, built really for, you know, what I do. I mean, I can long toss in there, and then whenever I need, you know, a catcher or a bullpen, um, I go to campus and get everything done there, and they're really. I have a really good relationship with all the coaches and players there, even though I don't know anyone now because I've been out there for a while. But I mean, they do, they do a good job of keeping the doors open for me to to do whatever I need to do. College basketball wise, uh, what do we have on Gonzaga uh, down the stretch NCAA tournament? What do you think? 
I think they're going to be good. I mean, they, they've they've been there before. They've had to rebuild every year, and every time, you know, that that program does a good job of bringing guys in and uh, filling roles. You're part of a 102-win team here a year ago. Uh, what do you see heading into the season? We talked bullpen, but uh, just all around, what's the feel among the players now that you've been here for a little bit this weekend? I think we're excited. You know, I think uh, last year kind of took everyone by surprise, and so we're we're definitely going in, you know, with a chip on our shoulder. I feel like, and I'm I'm excited to see the new roles and how you know people fill those and how we go out and compete every day. Man, and why wouldn't Tyler Olson be excited? to get back at it and start working on his craft again as he gets ready for 2018. Next up, Danny Salazar. We also caught up with him at TriFest last week, and after a frustrating 2017, he is hoping that he can stay healthy and be a major contributor for the Tribe this coming season. We'll visit with Danny when we come back after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Indians Radio is the Twitter address. Well, 2017 was uh, another frustrating year injury-wise for hard-throwing right-hander Danny Salazar trying to become a mainstay in that Indians rotation. And we have seen the likes of Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Bauer really take gigantic steps forward in their careers to become consistent major league starting pitchers much along the lines of Cy Young award winner Corey Kluber but Salazar has yet to unlock the key to that and last year he was limited to 19 starts due to two separate disabled list stints once with a shoulder issue the other time with an elbow problem and he just could never settle in and unleash that incredible talent that he has shown over time. In fact, last year, he had a six-start stretch where he was just about lights out, was uh, striking out hitters at a, a, a breakneck pace for him, 51 strikeouts in just 37 innings during that stretch, but it was just a small sample size and a season marked by frustration for him. When we caught up with Danny Salazar at Tribe Fest, he said, He's trying to learn as much as he can from last year's disappointment so he can take that step forward that he's been searching for. I think, uh, you know, looking at the year last year, looking back to, to last year, just like made me think a little bit about my ups and downs, you know, things that I think I needed to get better at. And it's uh, what I've been working on uh, in this offseason, you know, with the teams and with the team and some, some – uh, different options of like people that they have like work workout facilities and they're really good and uh, you know working on that thinking about the way uh, the season end uh, when we lost in the playoffs too you know like kind of hungry to to get to spring training and start like everything again you know and, and, and get what we where we want to get that is the worst series and win the worst series again and obviously you can be a big part of that, and, and you've shown that in terms of being effective when you're healthy. So you mentioned searching a little bit. Uh, you've been in the game a while now. Does that open up some avenues to, to try and find some things that you think might help you stay healthy for a full season? Yes, yes. You need, you know, like first uh, in the years, in the past years, I have problem uh, with my elbow. So 
which I knew how to, to control it, I'll say a little bit, you know, because uh, I mean, it was happening like almost like every year, the, the same thing, you know, and we find a way um, to get to get it better, you know. But last year, it was my shoulders. It was something different, uh, you know, and and it was a it's the first time that something like this happened to me. Let me see now. First time was when I signed. That was two, two thousand back two thousand six, you know. But uh, never after that, and uh, just like finding the way, like the the right the right uh, movement to to work it out. You know, this off season has been helping me a lot. I'm feeling good, feeling great, feeling stronger. You know, so just can't wait to get to a spring training. Is any of that? Do you have to alter your delivery, or are you able to, to keep your delivery and, and still maintain some health? Is it, or is it more just strengthening yeah. and things? No, like it's that? just like a, a strengthening. You know, the the movement you do, because uh, sometimes like you want to work on a. Let's say you you want to work on on your scapula, scapula muscles, uh, muscles, right? And uh, you're doing one movement, but uh, sometimes like. There's a lot of different movements you can do to work the same muscle, but some of them doesn't gonna feel right when you do it. You know, and you know sometimes like I've been uh, working out on something that I know that I need to do it, and I don't feel comfortable doing it, but I have to do it. You know, because I wanna get strong. But in right now, what we are doing is just like going around that just to find the way to do it, and I feel good doing it. Normally in the off season. You spend most of your off-season in a beautiful part of yeah. the world, uh, Latin America, where you come from. Yeah. Uh, you stayed around here for a little bit this time yes. around. Uh, why did you do that? Was that part of the searching that, to see if you could find some good things? So, yeah, uh, I bought a house in Tampa for the off-season, you know. Um, I was supposed to get the house on November 16th, no, November 9th, you know. And I had the option to go down there, uh, you know, right after the season. But I decided to stay here. And, uh, you know, I was working out three days a week in a facility that I found, like, close to my, my house. It, it was uh, it's called PSP, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I was going there three times a week and coming here to the stadium two, twice a week. So, uh you know, and I start working out right away. I just like take like two weeks off, something like that, and I start like working out right away. And like being here like helped me a little bit, you know, because uh, it's like you stay familiar like with the things you do. Danny Salazar joining us. You look at the team, and this year compared to last year, not as many people talking about the Indians. Is that surprising to you, considering the, the quality of players that are here in this clubhouse? Um, I mean, it is. It is. You know, I know. I know how good we are. I know what we can do. You know, people know what we can do. You know, but um, two great teams who went went to their worst series last year. You know, they got a they gave a, a great series too. So they're gonna talk more about that. You know, than us. And uh, but that's good. That's good. You know, I think uh, sometimes when when you have like so much expectations, uh, you know. Sometimes, like, you have a little bit of pressure because you think, like, it's mandatory for you to show the world, like, what you can do. And it's not like that, you know. It's, it's, I think it's better, like, when you're calm, you know, um, 
expectations there are always going to be there, you know. But you know, it's not just about that. You got to do your job. During your time in the major leagues, you've had one pitching coach, Mickey Calloway. He has moved on. Carl Willis is the new pitching coach. How big a deal is that for you, and, and is it a big adjustment for you? I mean, Mickey, he, he was a great pitching coach, you know. Sad that he, leaves, he left, uh, but happy at the same time, you know, because he, he got a great opportunity. Uh, I think uh, being a manager here at this level, you know, that's, uh, that's something huge. And, you know, he has a, the opportunity now. Uh, we have uh, Carl Willis now, you know, I spent some time with him in AAA when he was here with us, uh, I think 2015, if I remember good, uh, you know, and he's a great guy too, uh, really easy to understand, also like Mickey, you know, and I think uh, we're going to be fine here. That's Indians pitcher Danny Salazar, hoping that 2018 will be different than last season, and uh, his name has been bandied about in trade rumors over much of the offseason so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out if he's with the Indians we've seen it in the past he can be as dominant as anyone in that starting rotation and that's saying a lot based on the success that the Indians rotation has had all right as we wrap things up here on this week's edition of Tribe Talk some news and notes for you the Indians continue to sign players and invite them to major league camp A minor league contract for right-handed pitcher Preston Claiborne, last year pitching for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Just one appearance for them, most of his time spent with their minor league AAA club in Round Rock, Texas. And most of his career has been spent in the minor leagues, albeit with a little bit of time with uh, the New York Yankees back in 2013 and 2014. 62 major league games total with the Yankees, and then that one other game with Texas a year ago, and um, a minor league ERA of 2.92, been a little bit different in the major leagues, up over four, but the Indians uh, have shown some pretty good success in signing some under-the-radar relief pitchers and seeing if they'll pan out, and who knows, maybe Preston Claiborne, a right-hander, can fall into that mix in 2018 for the Tribe. They also uh, have signed two other players, a left-handed pitcher, Adam Wilk, who the Indians actually faced with the Tigers last year. Wilk, uh, primarily a starting pitcher throughout his career, has uh, pitched at the major league level with uh, both the Mets and Minnesota, as well as the Tigers, and over his career has appeared in 13 major league games with Detroit, the Angels, the Mets, and the Twins. And the final signee player this week uh, to a minor league deal with a major league invite to spring training, catcher Jack Murphy, who has spent time in the Blue Jays and the Dodgers organization, but no time yet in the major leagues for Murphy. So some catching depth there for the Indians heading into spring training. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're getting closer to airing these shows from Goodyear, Arizona, and spring training. But next week, We'll be back here at Progressive Field right here in downtown Cleveland for another edition on the hot stove of Tribe Talk. My name is Jim Rosenhouse, and we'll join you again next week on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 